0: Hello there and welcome to the Sound of Balloons podcast presented by Alana Health Orthopaedics. Callum Williams alongside Kendra D. St. Orbin. Later on in the show, we'll be joined by the Austin FC head coach, Josh Wolfe. First though, Kendra, an abundance of things to talk about. Lots has been happening in the world of Minnesota United over the course of Of the last two weeks or so. It's been a while since we did one of these, hasn't it? Um, Let's first and foremost talk about the MLS All-Star Week, shall we? Uh, It wasn't just one single solitary game. It was an entirety of events over the course of the week. And it really put the spotlight on St. Paul in Minneapolis. What a week it was, Kate.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think when I look back at that weekend, I can't believe it was literally we're recording this on a Thursday and I was sitting here in my kitchen last night going, Oh my gosh, a week ago, we were at the all-star game. It doesn't even feel like it was. And I just kudos to um, of course the, the state of Minnesota and for what they did the club for Minnesota United, because we know there was a number of people that had a hand in um, the, what needed to go on and needed to happen for that to be pulled off for the entire week of events, not just the game, as you stated. Um, and all the things leading into it. So, what a week it was! And I think it really showed um, anybody who wasn't already aware already aware of how amazing Minnesota is from a soccer perspective, and how amazing Allianz Field is if you had never been, and what this soccer culture here in the state of Minnesota can do and support. Um, you know, we we went to the game, my husband and my daughter and I, and like literally just sitting there in the stands watching it. And my husband kind of looking around almost in awe, just not even feeling like you're in St. Paul, Minnesota, and him having grown up here playing as well. You would almost had to pinch yourself because it was phenomenal. The game was great. Also, the environment was awesome. I didn't hear a negative thing about um, the way everything went for the week, so kudos to the club, to the state, to everybody involved, to the league, of course, and uh, what a week it was. It was fantastic.
0: Yeah, and it, and it started off really, really great, of course, with the, the skills challenge on the Tuesday amongst um, a myriad of events that that you were around hosting as well. Um, The game itself got underway pretty quickly with Carlos Vela latching onto a pass from his LAFC teammate Palacios and scoring uh, inside the opening three minutes. The one thing that I guess it didn't surprise me, Kay, but I I was slightly taken back with the uh, amount of of Liga MX fans. Um, This is a market that's not really known for having a, a lot of Central and, and South Americans um, and, and, and Liga MX fans in particular as well. Um, usually we we see this um, in, in various other markets, much more um, Southern than our own here in the Twin Cities. Um, so I was quite surprised at that. And, and we all know the Liga MX fans will will turn up and then it's the same with the Mexican national team. They'll turn up and they'll watch their team anywhere. But it was quite a surprise and it felt really, really international. And it's funny because... I think that backs up the point you made earlier on and the point that your husband made. You you could have put yourself in that stadium and you could have been absolutely anywhere in the world. But we were right there in St. Paul, Minnesota.
1: Yeah. And I think the most important thing was is that it did it did really feel like an international game and you could sense the the vibe and the energy from all the League MX fans and everybody that came out to support their all-stars and and maybe though that fan base is here we just don't see it enough or see it oftentimes and uh my daughter made the same comment like she couldn't believe, believe how many league mx fans there were and and when the crowd just erupted when they scored their goal it was a fantastic moment and again it just showcased the city it showcased the state and ultimately what it does is it showcases the sport which is what the league wants which is what clubs want which is what mls teams want so i think it was um a fabulous night all around we could have not have asked or drawn up or for better weather that entire week it was magnificent the nights were beautiful um we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the death loon the flying loon mm-hmm. drone thing we've been talking about um but yeah kudos to everyone involved in the atmosphere the soccer atmosphere was amazing
0: talking of things like that were flying St. st Clair flew through the air several times and made several outstanding saves quite rightly so Kay was awarded the MLS All-Star MVP tag?
1: I think that's a tricky one for me. and don't, I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. He made some fantastic saves. That's exactly the performance he needed coming off that Colorado performance. But ultimately, at the end of the day, how do you pick an All-Star from an MVP? I mean, an MVP from an All-Star game unless somebody completely dominates But the rotation of the roster. I thought the Carlos Vela goal, as you mentioned, was phenomenal. I thought Luciano Acosta was absolutely phenomenal when he came on the pitch showed his quality and we can see what he's doing for Cincinnati. So Reynoso was phenomenal. I mean, there's so many, you go down the list, right? And I thought Dane St. Clair deservedly so um, got the award, but it was just, it was an all around great night. You could sense the energy from MLS players as well as Liga Max. And I wasn't sure about Darlington Nagby at first being included in the roster, but then you see him out there in those moments and what he does in that midfield. And I'd kind of forgotten a little bit since he's been with Columbus having seen him for so many years with Portland Timbers, the quality and what he's capable of and why he's on the team and and why he's kind of been in the conversation with the men's national team in the past in and out as well. So um, it was a great week, a great night. And uh, I I just, I enjoyed every minute of it as a fan. And it was, it was really fun to see. It was fun to see the stadium from the concourse level and experience it.
0: Yeah. Wasn't it just, yeah. It was really nice to uh, just stand outside the brew hall in in, in my circumstance and just, Watch again. That's a great view, by the way. I can see why people just stay and, and just just stand and watch from outside the brew hall and have a beer. It was uh, it was a really really good experience. I'm slightly jealous of our fans actually that they get to do that every day. Um, so look, it was an amazing week, uh, incredible experience. And look, well done to everybody involved, and a big well done to you, the listener, as well, because it was uh, such a wonderful example uh, of what football is in Minnesota. And it really went across the world. Um, I had a couple of texts from from people across uh, over in the UK and they said it looked spectacular. Um, And that's never a bad thing. So well done uh, to everybody involved. Um, And indeed, well done to Minnesota United moving forward. um, It could have very easily been a distraction, Kendra, but the MLS All-Star game was swiftly pushed to one side from a Minnesota United point of view as they went on to Nashville. Um, Notoriously a very difficult place to go. Yes, they had just lost to Toronto FC at Geodis Park, but it's a really difficult place to go and claim a victory. Minnesota United just about um, were able to sneak away with all three points.
1: And they did exactly what they needed to do. They accomplished something on the road, which is very difficult um, in a place that is very difficult to play. And I thought that you're absolutely right. It could have been a distraction, whether it was for the guys that were in the all-star game or just being in and around it, your whole week of training was a little bit shaken up and, and discombobulated. You were training at nine in the morning. So the all-star team could train. Adrian Heath was obviously coaching uh, both teams and same with his staff, the training staff, we can go down the line, but I thought that it was uh, a phenomenal day for Minnesota United to go on the road, to find a way to get a victory at Nashville Um, against as we know a very difficult opponent especially tough to break down defensively and find a way to score two goals as well and they come back here and get ready for a very difficult Austin opponent so again this just proves the Western Conference you look at the standings and the points it's absurd how tight the Western Conference is after really second place and even after third place to be fair how tight it is and what it's going to look like down the stretch so every single one of these games is of massive importance, and I thought that um, the way they rolled out the team and what they accomplished in that Nashville game, they did exactly what they needed to do against that team in that moment to get the three points.
0: Yeah, and look, let's be honest here. It wasn't a spectacular performance from Minnesota United, but in my opinion, this is, and we've said this before on this very podcast, I'm sure, this is a sign of a good team when you don't necessarily play well, but you still get a result.
1: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a pretty soccer game by any means. And I I would assume that if you talk to most of the players, they would say the same, but at the end of the night, you're getting on the plane and you have three points in your pocket. That's really all that matters, especially in this kind of league. You need to find a way to win at all times. And oftentimes it won't be pretty. The front four was not clicking the way we hadn't seen it. They still got the two goals, but ultimately it wasn't clicking maybe in the flow and the fluidity of the, the movement off the ball wasn't what we had gotten accustomed to seeing with the amount of goals that they've been putting up lately, but it's three points on the road. As you're down the stretch here. I think we have nine games left. Maybe. Um, I mean, it, these, this is going to be crazy town, uh, the rest of the stretch and watching Vancouver last night, come away with a victory over Colorado. This decision day at home in October for Minnesota United, it really could legitimately a, a, be a very important decision day at that moment.
0: Talking of, of games from last night, if you haven't seen Crisito's goal for Toronto FC, I highly recommend you log on to MLSsoccer.com and uh, have a look because it is well worth the watch. Um, Talking of of new players coming into Major League Soccer, Minnesota United were obviously active during the transfer window. Um, Two new additions for Minnesota United. Uh, Let's talk about them, shall we, before we head to break and then ultimately welcoming Josh Wolfe, the head coach of Austin FC, into the pod. Uh, First and foremost, Kendra, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez arriving on loan from Monterrey for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, I spoke to him the other day. He's excited to be here. He wanted to come back to this league. When he heard the opportunity was here to come to Minnesota United, he was all for it. Wanted to be a part of this club and this team and this league. Once again, um, he'll fit right in. He's familiar with MLS having played in league MX the last couple of years or so. But I I think this is going to be one of those positions again, that's a quality depth position in the midfield. He came off the bench in the last game. Um, I think that for me, it always remains to be seen how a player is going to fit into a puzzle. And now you look at the center of midfield when everybody's healthy and fit and ready to go, how does he fit in? Where can he play? How is he going to contribute? What specific situations is he going to be utilized in, um, by Adrian Heath and his staff tactically specific to games down the stretch, home and on the road against certain opponents coming off the bench. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, when you can make this kind of a sign in and bring a player into the team like this, who seems to fit in seamlessly from a chemistry standpoint, from what I've seen in the, in the handful of days he's been here, this is going to be a good opportunity for Minnesota United to continue to build. Will Trapp still coming back from injury. If Ariaga goes down again, Rosales, if somebody's on a, you know, yellow card accumulation, a red card, if somebody gets sick, Robin Lloyd has, you know, been playing a lot of minutes, all these things. When you have some quality depth in those positions, that's what it's really about down the stretch that someone can seamlessly fit in.
0: Does feel as though they are going to take a real look at him. As you mentioned, it's a short-term loan until the end of the season. And Adrian Heath insinuated to the media just several days ago, they're just going to have a really good look at him and see if there's any possibility in terms of bringing him in on a more permanent solution um, at the end of the season. But we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, Jonathan Gonzalez uh, has, has been... Unfortunately, over the course of the last couple of years, um, there's been several managerial changes at Monterey, um, meaning he's been out on loan uh, at Necaxa and Querétaro. Um, he was uh, good when he got uh, an opportunity at Querétaro. Um, this will be interesting to see how he fits into Major League Soccer, into a new situation and indeed into a new league. The other new addition, Menda Garcia, designated player, Colombian attacking-minded player from Once Saldas in the Colombian top flight. Um we got a glimpse of him at training. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon uh, today for the first time, Kay. Um, and it was only a brief glimpse, but we've seen video. What What do you make of the signing for Minnesota United?
1: I think those attacking positions, have we, have, as we have learned, not just with Minnesota United, but with this league, are, can oftentimes be very difficult to get right. I'm excited about the quality that he brings and the energy and a little bit of the pace. He's got a little bit more pace than maybe some of the other attacking players, and specifically in that number nine position than we currently have. Can he finish in front of goal? I think ultimately that's the most important thing. Can he be dangerous in those moments? Um, We've seen that Huangwani on the right and and Fregopane on the left are two different, but when you play in a 4-3-3, they can provide something. Uh, From an attacking perspective, one a little bit more um, outside midfield wing minded and the other likes to cut in. And then you have Luis sitting in the central position as a number nine. So where does Mender Garcia fit in that? He's carrying that DP tag, which we all know brings some pressure, whether he understands that or not. Um, Sometimes these international players come in and the DP thing is a little unusual for them. But we know here in this league it carries a lot of pressure and a lot of weight. So once he gets acclimated, it's already August 18th here. We're recording this today. We just saw him train for the first time this week. Once he gets acclimated, he gets some moments, some opportunities to show his quality and work with his teammates. Cause we'll have to talk about chemistry once again in those front positions. I think he's going to be in a fantastic addition. I don't know. For sure, what he is going to bring to this league, as we all know, when it translates, how does it translate from the previous uh, places players have been? It's no guarantee. That's a very difficult spot to come into. But um, from what I saw today and his willingness to work and his eagerness to be a part of what's going on here and wanting to be here and the coaching staff having done their, you know, their scouting department doing their due diligence to get him here and want him to be a part of this. I'm hopeful that it's going to be a good and he can make an impact here down the stretch as we're in this last nine games of the season and really put, a, a, again, quality depth and a different way of playing than any of the front three and for sure the number nine that we currently have. Just variety in attack.
0: As you mentioned, nine MLS games remaining for Minnesota United. The latest will, of course, be against Austin FC. We'll talk them with their head coach, Josh Wolf next you <laughs> injury takes you out of the game it's time for your team to step up at Alina health orthopedics you'll get expert care backed by a whole health system of providers with convenient locations virtual options and an app that gives you 24 7 access to your records test results and care team you're always close to the care that you need schedule now at alignerhealth.org slash ortho And a very warm welcome back to the Sound of the Loons podcast presented by Alina Health Orthopaedics. Callum Williams alongside Kindra D. St. Orbin. Now delighted to be joined by the head coach of Austin FC, Josh Wolfe. Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, guys.
0: Absolutely. Um, Look, this has been a sensational season for Austin FC. Uh, 14-5-6, the current record. Second in the Western Conference. First and foremost, if you wouldn't mind just describing to us the season so far and how delighted you've been with it.
2: Um, yeah, I think we're all, we're all pleased with the progress that we made uh, off of last year. I think, um, I think you know, we, we've certainly done a good job um, building off of last year. It was a difficult year, but we've, we've built off of the foundation that we laid. We've also built off of you know, some of the gaps that we had and, and, and adding personnel and adding quality. And along the way, we've continued to improve. And there's been a good consistency in the group this year. I think our road record has been sensational. Our home record has been strong, could be better. But um, the group is very connected, very unified. And I think that they play and we play very, very good soccer. And inside that, there's ebbs and flows to games. But our our resiliency and, and our ability to compete in the moment has been very good this year.
1: And coach i want to take you back to the first two games of the season i know it might seem like an eternity ago but i remember when you guys scored the 10 goals in two games and everyone's like whoa is this is this austin team for real is this what we're going to see is this what we can expect in those moments for you at the start of the season what was your mindset and now that you've seen the team become consistent in your words what do you see from this group
2: um i think that- from an offensive side i see the the variability that we need in attack and when i think of those 10 goals you know it's always nice to score 10 goals but those 10 goals were were indicative of now how we scored 54 55 goals you know i think there's good var- variety in the way we do it we can win it in high press and get at you quick we can certainly get you through a, a methodical build up um, you know and and obviously set pieces are a big part for us as well i mean we've got 17 we, we categorize them a little different than maybe the league, but first and second phase, throw-ins, corner kicks, pen, all that stuff, we've done a really, really good job. But I think we have um, you know, a good understanding of, of how we, we want to maintain the ball, use the ball, and, and ultimately try to score goals. And along the way, um, having a, a better level of consciousness about the opponent. And, and what I mean by that is we're going to lose the ball. So there is giving some respect to the opponent. While you have it, and I think last year we probably had that a little less, because we were so deliberate with with demonstrating our game model and being an offensive team and um, being possession based. But this year, there's a little bit more uh, awareness and 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 certainly care with the ball at times to to try to you know minimize our transition moments. You know, it hasn't always been perfect, but it's it's been better, and and we got to keep improving. So we've done well, but still lots to improve on.
0: Uh, Josh, the one thing I I don't need, I don't think that really needs improving is your away record as you mentioned uh eight away victories this campaign it's the most by any club in major league soccer you're unbeaten in your last six away games as well is there a different approach to to the way that you do things on the road compared to the way that you do things at home i I know a lot of people in, in world football across the entirety of the sport would say yes but with with your team it doesn't feel as though there's much adjustments
2: Um, I wouldn't say there's tons of adjustments. I think when you are the home team, I think you feel the onus to drive the game. You feel the onus to use the energy inside the stadium. And and you you take probably a more aggressive posture on certain things. And we've talked about that at home and going on the road. We we know that the home team now um, they need to, they need to play. They need to, they need to drive the game. And, you know, whether it's Minnesota or it's LA galaxy, there's, there's a feel that they're going to need to come out and play. And for us, we know we can play, but we also want to respect and be difficult to break down on the, you know, on the road at home. We want to be tough to tough to play against. We want to be compact when we can be compact. And when we can press, we want to be able to press, but from an organized state, um, I think a lot of the games, certainly in the summer throughout the year can get very stretched as have some of ours. So we're mindful of that. We don't always do a perfect job of it, but at our best, when we're doing it on the road, um, those things are there, you know, there's been moments where we've had to come back. So when you are down, you know there is a little bit more risk that you have to take in certain moments, but you know being organized, um, you know, utilizing the collective as best we can is, is what we talk about. It's going to be hard. it's going to be difficult. We, we know that. And then inside that, can you grab the lead? Can you play from being even? and then if you're down, understanding you know how to take risk but still maintain a little bit level, uh, you know certainly a level of control.
1: I know going into your head coaching job with Austin, you had a clear mindset of what you wanted the team to look like, the style of play that you wanted, and then in the first year maybe didn't go exactly how you had planned, but could you have dreamed that you would be, and I know there's still season left, we're not done yet, and your goals I'm sure are playoffs and beyond for sure, but would you have thought you would be in this position at second place, so so clearly there's a bit of a gap there between the top two, top three and the rest of the Western conference, or did you think it would kind of come together and start clicking this quickly for you guys?
2: Yeah, I sent a letter to the players before the season started and it's an ambitious goal that I sent to them and and it's a, it's, it's on our board and it's, it's something they see every day. So, um, you know, as a staff, we have ambition and we, and we, you know, we believed in this group last year and we believe and knew that we added really good pieces, character pieces, quality pieces. And so long as we, use those learning moments. There were lots of wins last year, but there were a lot of learning moments also. As long as we use those to make ourselves better, you know, it's it's not all for naught. And this year, we came in with some subtle tactical adjustments, um, trying to have real clarity for roles and responsibilities to, to build off of what we already had. And we wanted to come in, you know, fit and ready to go. And the guys responded incredibly. And the first couple games were a good indication and we heard all the bonus garbage and those are still good teams and you still got to go out and score. So, those things also add to the fuel of, you know, whether they don't believe in us and that there's a respect to this, but you gain respect by showing up every week and competing by gaining and getting results each and every week. Um, You know, and I think that's what we hammer home with our guys. It's, it's, it's important that we play the way we play. It's, it's a business of winning. And and our guys know that, but you know, there's a way we want to go about it. And, you know, from a probability standpoint, we put ourselves in good spots each and every week and give ourselves chances to win points. We'll, We'll win points. We got enough quality and now it's, uh, also about, you know, certainly the organization, of what it, we want it to look like, both with the ball and without the ball.
0: We've always got a chance of claiming points when you've got somebody <laughs> like it, Sebastian Driussi on the team, Josh. Um, I, look, I mean, we we all were familiar with him when he was at River Plate and obviously he went to play in Europe for, for some time. Um, I, I was astounded when I saw that he was coming back to Major League Soccer when those rumors started to circulate. And he ends up with Austin FC and I thought that that showed such ambition uh, for, at the time, an expansion team as well. Um, he, he has worked out so well. Uh, 17 goals this year. He, he must be a dream to work with.
2: He is. He is. He's He's incredible to work with. And I think anytime you watch players on video and you you talk to players, and when you're in the recruitment process, you're illustrating what we want and what our philosophy is and how we expect to utilize the player. There's all that. And then when the player gets in front of you and in in, in 30 minutes, his first day, you realize that you you have a different player the the intensity that he plays with all the time in training the responsibility that he has with the ball and without the ball I mean from from day one it, it was really really clear and he also has a humility and a hunger his mindset to grow a growth mindset uh, you know and I think he has to trust and believe in what we're doing and what we're building and that that validation comes with with a bit of of how we play and some of the results we were able to get last year but also this year and um, he takes in information. He applies it, um, which is great. He wants to keep getting better. He believes we can make him better, and that's um, that's that's great to be to be part of. And our players, um, you know, they, they respect him so much because of what he is on the field, but what he is off the field. He's he's an incredible person. Super humble really genuine and and a very caring person he takes care of these guys um you know both on and off the field in a number of ways and he kills himself he kills himself in games the fight the competing the running the defending the attacking um, so there is zero excuses from anyone on this on this team or the staff to to ever to ever come up short with with effort and desire so um, a joy to work with and we want to keep um we want to keep pushing him we want to keep advancing his, his soccer quality and uh, we know teams try to take him out of games and we got to find ways to, to continue to get him involved and, and get him in spots to help this team win games.
1: I know there's a lot of guys on this roster that we could talk about, but some of those accolades or excuse me, some of those characteristics you just spoke about, which were see, it kind of reminds me a little bit in a different way of Ethan Finley, who we saw here first and foremost with Minnesota United. But the energy, the effort, you don't have to ever question if the guy's going to show up and work hard that day and put a good shift in what does it then also mean for this roster to have the balance of some of that veteran leadership and presence with a player like Ethan Finley?
2: It's, it's great. And those are some of the big additions. Um, that you can add international quality, but you also need to add um, domestic quality, domestic character, guys that have been in this league, you know, Maxi, Felipe, Ethan's a big one. Um, those, those guys that we added, we added Ruben Gabrielson and, and certain Johan Valencia as well. So, um you know there's been a number of guys and we'll get Emiliano here in a, in a few days as well to help out but experienced humble hungry uh guys that have been in this league that have played for championships won championships um performed and and, and made all-star teams and Ethan's somebody that I I knew um certainly from Columbus when he was young and uh have always talked to him maintained a relationship with him since I left there and he moved to to Minnesota so he's a he's a great person great person on the field he works his butt off he knows his role his 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 verticality the stretch arriving the box is, is is one of his strengths and and I think as you get older you just come to appreciate what the game is about and how you can share those moments and educate those others around you which he's also been doing with with some of our other guys so um and he's been performing really well lately so you know we we need him to keep doing that certainly down the stretch and um, as do we the, the the other guys that I've mentioned as well, but um, it's nice to have these players. They're humble and they're hungry and they, they want to perform.
0: Okay, Josh, what about the opponents then this weekend? Minnesota United just one defeat in the last nine. What sort of challenge are you expecting?
2: Uh, Minnesota is a good team. Uh, you know they don't make, continue to make the playoffs each and every year. They're they're a very good physical team. I think the back line and, and certainly with with Ariaga. I know they're missing some guys in the middle, but but Lodd has done a great job in there as well. And you know the obvious qualities in the attack with with Reynoso. We have our playmaker. Re- Reynoso is another one in the league. He's he's an exceptional talent, an exceptional talent, and he has the ability to get away from people with and without the ball. And and when he does that, he's able to find passes that a lot of players can't. So we got to be really aware of him. Amarillo's done a great job playing on both sides of the line, and they have verticality out on their wings. You know, Fragopani's in inside you know, on the right side, it's a little bit more vertical, but Fragapani shows up in different spots as well. So um, we got to be mindful. They're a good team with the ball. They can cause problems with, with pullbacks getting high. And um, again, very, very good in transition. So we, we, we know we're going to have our hands full when we don't have the ball. And and when we have a, have the ball, we we got to find ways to to, to hurt them and stress them as well.
1: When you have this ambitious goal and this letter that you sent out to the group beforehand, and it's on your board um, at the facility, what, each week, because you can't just have this, like you know, yeah. this goal at the end. You have to have week in and week out. What yeah. are there individual goals that you guys are setting and trying to yeah. accomplish to get to that?
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. We cut the league up into four phases. So inside that, we have phases, and um, you know, we have themes for each phase. You know, we our first our first theme, our first phase was fast start. Then we hit grind time because we were on the road for six, and we were starting to hit the summer and the heat was coming. So um, we're in our last game of our third phase and. Inside those phases, there are goals and objectives, and and you know we we each week when we come back and we meet, reflecting on a game, we we certainly start with the goals and where we're at, and um you know just just to review and and reflect on those, and each and every day they come out of the locker room, they see it and it's right there how we're doing right now in our phase, but ultimately what our what our season long goals are, and I think it helps it helps you know remind them this you don't get carried away week by week. Sure. We know there's some big games coming, but the most important game right now is Minnesota and our focus is on that and, and completing the tasks that we set out for our third phase of the season and how that can help us with our overall goals this year. And, you know, I think it's helped our guys, you know, to think of it in that way and not get too carried away when it's going well, but don't get too bummed out when, when results don't go our way. So I I think um, those are things we've tried to build on us this year and our leadership council helps out tremendously. With those things, we, we put it on them um, to come up with that, and I think that helps bring the leadership qualities out of out from our guys, and that's a lot of the growth that we we saw that we needed in the off season, But we have to coax that out of them, and, and they also have to receive it and take it, and and they've done a great job with that.
0: Wonderful, uh, Josh. Look, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. One more question before we let you go. Sure. Um, given everything we've discussed here today and the current climate that Austin FC find themselves in, second in the Western Conference. What, in your opinion, would define a good season for Austin FC this year?
2: Um, yeah, it's 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 a fair question. I think we we have you know a a big goal that I have in mind, and and it, it starts with with certainly you know where our group is and feels those goals are you know what we can achieve as as we make the postseason. We haven't made the postseason yet, so we first want to clench that. And then, um, you know, start fighting our way into trying to get a home field advantage and try to get a home field game. So that's that's the idea outside of that. You know, what I've talked to our guys about, it's, it's real clear. I don't get too carried away with talking about playoffs. But what we know, what I know about this league is there's the regular season and then there's the playoff season. So our focus right now is, is, is again ending this third phase of our of, of our season that we've, we've kind of made, mapped this out and and doing our best to get a playoff get into the playoffs and, and have a home playoff game and then the playoffs is a whole nother a whole nother deal I mean that season is very different the intensity is different it's ref different and it's um an elimination a, elimination stage so uh we'll be mindful of that we'll, we'll focus on that if and when we get there but we've got some work to do and um we want to keep improving like most teams do at this time of the year
0: our thanks to Austin FC head coach Josh Wolf, Kindred St. Alban as always, and our expert button presser Grace Dearson. You've been listening to the Sound of the Loons podcast presented by Alina Health, orthopedics.